back to Beyond the Basement. I'm Santa. And I'm Pramita. And today we're going to explore some childhood book series that we both loved. We wanted to do this episode because we both grew up as huge bookworms. And nowadays we don't really have the time to um, read as much. So now this is our way of just appreciating all the time we had back then. So the first one we wanted to talk about was a book series that we both grew up really loving called Dark Diaries by Rachel Renee Russell. So basically, the plot of the series was that it's a first-person narrative from the main protagonist, Nikki, who is this socially awkward dork, and or self-proclaimed dork, I guess. And then she and her two main best friends, who are this trio, they bond over their mutual dislike of the school's popular mean girl Mackenzie and then also she spends a lot of the book series trying to get this boy she likes named Brandon to ask her out but Mackenzie is also interested in Brandon so it builds a lot of tension and I think a lot of us um you and me at least had a lot of feelings about Nikki as a character as we kind of grew up after we first started reading the books yeah so like initially with the first few books and when I was just like really in my whole like oh, the whole world revolves around me <laughs> phase, I used to think that Nikki was a great character. And so I looked up to her and was like, oh, I can do the same things. If this like dork is like <laughs> having all this like life experiences, then I should be able to have that too. But then I got really annoyed with her throughout the books like carrying on because she was really bratty. <laughs> I get what you mean. I, I also really liked her when I first read the books back in like third grade or fourth grade or whatever and then when my sister started reading them and I was older and I was rereading them with her I kind of noticed that she was a bit a bit self-centered and a bit she had a lot of self-pity but I feel like that represented middle schoolers really well so she was a good representation because I remember being really bratty and self-centered when I was around her age I do agree like if she was in middle school I think she was in was she 14 years old at the beginning of the series something like that I don't remember. Yeah, but like for middle school, it's just very accurate because we all have that kind of persona. But also like having this whole like mean girl and like a guy you're like trying to ask out for all of middle school. That's very unrealistic, I think. I think it was also strange because the book series expanded so much, so much of its initial premise by the later books that they could have kind of let this go I feel like and they could have resolved it earlier because so much more interesting things are happening like she literally has her own like band and they go on like a band reality show or something like that to tour Europe like I feel like at that point you can kind of let go of that am animosity between them over Brandon I agree if you're going on this whole reality show with your band then you should be able to be mature enough to like get over this did you like more of the beginning series that was like much more you know relaxed and laid back just normal middle school experiences or did you like the more outgoing series like books i liked both i liked the the more grounded ones because they were more realistic to what i was hoping my middle school years would be like and the out like the the band one and like the puppies one i thought those were just really fun in general what about you I really like the puppies one too because I remember reading it in this sleepover with my friend and we both like read the whole book and then we took turns like being Nikki and Brandon and it was really fun. 
That sounds so fun. Did you? I remember they they had they it was made canon that Brandon was an orphan. I was really like it was really heartfelt for me to hear that when I was reading it when I was little. I remember you also mentioning that his parents were like apparently killed by like I don't know a homicide no. like, in this Reddit post or like oh. something. Yeah, I saw a Reddit post that was like, oh, on this like blog. They didn't link the blog, but that on the blog, it said that his parents died of like homicide, and I was very shocked to hear that. I feel like that's not true though. Like for a kids book, why would the author ever do something like that? I know it's like way darker than what kids books are usually. So. Maybe it was just a theory or something. Have you seen the author on TikTok? I haven't. Have you? Um, I saw a couple. She seems really nice. And she's still releasing books, so I guess there's more to come for Nikki's story. I'm so surprised she's still releasing books. Like, most children's books, though, are still going. So, well, good for her. Is there any direction you're hoping Nikki's story will take? Um, I don't know what age she is now, but, like, she won't be in middle school forever, right? So I think... Like, hopefully, she and Mackenzie, like, move from this frenemy stage to, like, friends, and then they're, like, you know, a very power, not couple, like, a power friend couple. Do you remember the one book where Mackenzie steals Nikki's diary and then she writes in it about her life? I don't. Maybe it was a later book, maybe, but um, I read it and I really liked it, and I was kind of hoping that Mackenzie would be the main character a bit more than Nikki at that point. How was she in that book? It was entertaining. Like, she was kind of mean, I'll admit, but it was just very entertaining. I think I got a bit annoyed at the time with Nikki's constant self-pity and self-deprecation that it was very nice to have another viewpoint enter. That makes sense. I think after a while of just reading Nikki's thoughts, it's good to change it up a bit. I also wish we got Brandon's, like, narrative, like, Mm -hmm. first-person narrative, because he's just, like, there the whole series, not doing much. Would you say that Brandon got a personality as the series progressed, or no? I think definitely his character was more developed, but also it was still really boring. How about you? I agree, for sure. Oh, how did you feel about Nikki and her friend group? I I really liked them, because there's a scene where, or in constantly in the books, it's a thing that they have meetings in the janitor's closet, and I really wanted to do that once I went to a high school or middle school or whatever. And then you learn that you can't really do that in real life, and I was really disappointed. What yes. about you? The janitor's meetings, like, I was always invested in those scenes, because, I don't know, I thought I would be doing that with my friends, and they were all so close, too. Like, they had this close friendship, they told each other everything, so I really liked that vision. Me too. I remember this one scene where, do you remember where she, Nikki, was like one of those, um, what is it, advice columnists, columnists in the school newspaper, and she went under like a, like a, like a name, like Miss Know-It-All or something, and then Mackenzie finds out her password and then gives bad advice, and one of the advice was from one of her friends talking about her braces and her insecurity, and Mackenzie like furthers that insecurity about her braces. And as a kid, I was, I was like, oh, I feel so bad for her because she has braces. But like now I have braces, right? And I think it's just really funny that I, I, I thought that way at the time. Braces are like, I don't know, in every single series I saw or read, like 
Braces were really looked down upon, but then you go to high school and then you see a lot of people have braces. Yeah. So it's normalized. I don't know why they kept, like, villainizing braces. <laughs> do you remember how Nikki was very embarrassed that her dad was an exterminator? I do. I do. <laughs> I found that really funny. I felt bad for her parents, though. Me too. Although I will admit, I would have found it really cool if, like, didn't her dad have a gigantic cockroach on his van or something? I would have been a bit embarrassed by that, but, like, it's his job, so. Mm-hmm. I feel like at some point you just have to accept it, Nikki. Um, this reminds me of, like, Good Luck Charlie, because Teddy's dad is also an exterminator. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. she ever embarrassed, or? I think sometimes, and then he, they had this, like, bug convention. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like I wouldn't like purposely tell my friends if my dad was an exterminator. <laughs> Would you? I don't think so either. I think I remember there was a scene. I hope I'm remembering this. I'm remembering this right. But I think Mackenzie like writes on her locker "bug girl," and I I remember being feeling so bad for her. I felt bad for Nikki a lot of times. I felt like the secondhand embarrassment too. For sure. It was very strong. I had to stop reading sometimes. Just close the book. Same. Her, she was very bold. I will say that. I know. I cannot handle her boldness sometimes. I think it's really funny how clueless Brandon was. Like, the most Nikki will be going through all these emotions and doing all these things, and he'll just be so confused sitting there wondering what's going on. I feel bad for Brandon. I feel like... His only role there was to, like, be there for Nikki and, like, be, you know, played around with by Mackenzie, too. That is a good point. What did you think of her little sister, Brianna? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but I know that, I don't know, Nikki didn't, like, she wasn't a good sister. Was she? I don't remember, to be honest. I remember being annoyed by the little sister because she got into a lot of hijinks. But maybe Nikki wasn't a good sister, a good big sister, and that's why her sister was that way. That makes sense. Also, I feel like it's a typical sibling relationship. Fair. I remember this, like, scene in one of the books where Nikki was at the Nutcracker, like, the play. But she was being really, like, annoying about it. I don't know. I just, that was the moment I realized she was not a good character. And what did you do with that realization? I just kept reading the books, but I was a bit annoyed by her. Do you remember, like, your moments of realizing she wasn't that great of a character? My moment came, I think I read, like, the first ten books, and then I was rereading the first book. And you know how in the first book, Mackenzie asks Nikki to give someone else an invite to her birthday party, and Nikki just thinks it's for her? But I think that those are the second-hand embarrassment moments for me. Nikki just, like, assumes that the invite is for her. And then she gets annoyed with Mackenzie, even though Mackenzie never said the invite was for her. She was just trying to get Nikki to pass it on to her friend. And I was like, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit, like, not, you're, I don't agree with that mindset, Nikki. And that was my moment. Yeah, in that situation, I don't think Mackenzie was in the wrong at all. Like, she didn't do anything. And then Nikki's just making all these assumptions for no reason. That also introduced me. I think she mentions having lint on her sweater, and that made me insanely self-conscious about lint on my clothing. Even though most people don't even see the lint. Like, I know that now. I don't think that about other people's clothing. But that made me very self-conscious about lint on your clothing. 
I think he had a lot of insecurities, though. And that also did make me, like, want to not be like her and be seen as a dork. <laughs> and she's not even... I Well, I guess it's a good progression, I guess, from self-proclaimed dork to literally touring Europe in a band with a famous, like, other band you're opening for or whatever. Yeah. I mean, from the illustrations I saw of her and her friends, they were all really pretty. Yes, they were. I just recently saw the color, like the colored version, and they all looked really nice. There's a colored version? Yeah. I didn't know her friend group was so diverse. I thought they were all white at the time, but then, like, I saw the colored version, and I was like, oh, actually, they're a lot more diverse. Wait, I didn't know they weren't all white, too. Do you want me to show you? Oh, yes, please. I'm very excited, because, wait, who is not white? I thought, like, Zoe and Nikki, all of them. I, I'm not entirely sure because I always can. Oh wait, okay, colored. Like this is what they look like. Oh, oh my gosh! Wait, I, I do not remember this at all. Okay, yeah. So the author, according to the Washington Post, the author said that Nikki is Caucasian, Zoe is African American, and Chloe is Latina. Oh my gosh, so like the main character is white and her two best friends are like ethnic. I see. <laughs> I wonder, wait, Brandon's white, right? He's definitely white. He has blonde hair and like blue eyes, right? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know about the blue eyes, but yeah. Oh my gosh, all these color versions are all really pretty. They are. Do you remember that one book? Where they go to New York for some library thing. I don't. I remember Nikki not being able to go for some really silly reason. And I remember being really annoyed by her making it an issue. But I don't know if that's true or if I'm just imagining it wrong. Well, that is an alignment with her character. <laughs> okay, well, I think this was a pretty good recap of the series. I agree. I feel like... There isn't too much to say, but it was good that we were able to talk about some thoughts we had. Mm -hmm. Would you, like, recommend this series to younger generations? <laughs> well, I liked it a lot growing up, even with my feelings about Nikki. And my little sister liked it, so I feel like I would recommend it just because I feel like they would enjoy it. How about you? I feel like I would, except for the fact that Nikki's just not a good person to be, like, <laughs> looking up to. So would you recommend it to, like little kids like people around your age when you first read it um i would not honestly i think it's best that they stick to other books with better main protagonists i see your point i feel like nikki i related to her a lot in my self-centeredness later on but maybe that is that a good thing for people to look up to i don't think so because it's honestly just not realistic the author seems really sweet, though, and she's still mm. making books, so, like, good for her. I agree. I hope Nikki's character develops a bit more. I wonder what the latest book is. Okay, Tales from a Not-So-Posh Paris Adventure. Oh, my. Of course Nikki goes to Paris. Why wouldn't she? <laughs> I wonder how old she is. Okay. What is the... Okay, it, her band so are on the, way, okay. on the way to Paris. 
and they might not make it in time for their final destination. And it says that Nikki's French skills aren't as reliable as she hoped, but of course they aren't. (laughs) (sighs) I think it's so funny how the first book was very much just like, I'm a new girl at this school, there's a mean girl, and the 15th book is, I'm going to Paris with my band, let's hope that my French skills are good enough for me to talk to all these French musicians or whatever. This is really funny, but I like how, like, crazy it is. Me too, honestly. It was really nice talking about the series once again. It was, and it was good to let out some thoughts that we had on it. Yes. So, we'll be moving on to the next book. I think another book series that we both really enjoyed was The School for Good and Evil, right? Yeah, I think... It was definitely one of my favorite book series as a child. And so for just providing a basic summary of it, the story revolves around two main characters. One is Agatha and one is Sophie. And they're complete character foils, so they're opposites in every single way. For example, Sophie really likes to focus on her creams and potions, while Agatha just does not care about her looks. And she's labeled as the town witch because her mother is kind of an outcast. And I think they live, like near a grave and then Sophie kind of befriends Agatha because she wants to be seen as a good person so she does these good deeds every day because she believes that um she'll get into the school for good and in this world it's like there's a rumor that when you turn 16 in this village two people will be chosen one for the school for good and one for the school of evil and then Sophie is trying to make her way into that and I think what ends up happening after that really does um, influence the how each how Sophie and Agatha progress as characters, right? Because Sophie ends up being in the in the school for evil, and Agatha ends up being in the school for good. Yeah, and I remember when I was reading it, and then Sophie was like, "No, but I was supposed to go to the school for good," and then she has to like, you know, be room roommates with a like witches and like. <laughs> see all these monsters in the school for evil and then she's like angry all the time (laughs) my favorite part was the scene where she this is kind of later on but after a lot of failed trials in the the school for evil she kind of finds her stuff and she starts going crazy with like her outfits and she ends up like mastering her evil courses and stuff and she was my favorite character so seeing her flourish was my favorite part yes i really liked it because i remember this one time where it was a class and then everybody else couldn't seem to like do the right thing but then Sophie was one person who could and I was like go Sophie yes and the first book I think the first three were a trilogy and then the, the second three were kind of their own trilogy but they interconnected with each other right? yeah yeah um did you like the first half of, of the series or like the second half I liked the first half more because I thought the story there was just so creative and so unique and I feel like it was just so good. Like, it's very hard to top that. But I agree. You? I really like the world building. Like, especially with the first book, they introduce it so well. Mm. And just, like, the scenery. I I really, like, felt immersed. In the second book, well, in the first book, the the plot line is that there's the, the, the schoolmaster, right? And I, I'm not sure if I remember correctly. Was what happened that the schoolmaster is, like, evil or something? Yeah, there was one schoolmaster, and then um, the good one was killed off, right? Because they were brothers. 
one for a school for good and one for a school of evil to have this kind of balance. And then the evil one killed off his good brother. And so the only remaining one is the evil one, whose name is Raphael. Raffle? I don't know how you say it. But yeah. Oh, it's coming back to me. And then at the end of the first book, Sophie and Agatha go back to to their their reader realm, right? Yes. I really like the ending. I I was very shocked by it, I think. Me too. I think even if they didn't make it into a series, that would have been a really good ending to end it off as a standalone novel. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they did make it into a series because I just really like the second book. Me too. The second book was my favorite and but I think you mentioned you it was yours as well. Yeah. I I just loved how unique the plot was. Because the first book like it's all still still unique, but the second one was just like a whole world of its own. Because after Sophie and Agatha return to the village, um, I think everything kind of goes chaotic because Sophie and no, no I mean Agatha, she went away from Tedros, right? And they were supposed to be together. And then he got kind of mad and angry. And then this like new headmaster comes up and she replaces Raffle Raffal or whatever. And her name is Evelyn and she's like the she splits it into the school for girls and school for boys and the school for boys is up for vengeance against agatha i believe right like i know tetris wanted to kill agatha i don't know what they were they wanted to find that the thing in the the there was like a tower full of like like magic and they had to find like a feather or something oh the feather to like write the story yeah 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 yeah, yeah. because it controlled their lives kind of yes yes i really like that same. My favorite part was where they decide that when Sophie and Agatha re- like re-enter the, the, the world of the school for good and evil, and so they decide that one of them has to go undercover, and it ends up being Sophie. She has to go undercover as a boy. Yes, I love that part. He's like, it's completely against her char- like character, first of all, because like she, she didn't want to go, right, as a boy. And then she ends up going, and she and Ted Rose, like, he doesn't know that she's Sophie. Well, he is, and so her new character um, becomes close with Tedros, and then they have like this really tense relationship. Yeah, I think that the relationship that fake Sophie, well, well, not fake Sophie, the the fake persona Philip, I think he was called. Yes, Philip. I think their relationship was so much more deeper than Tedros and Agatha's relationship. <laughs> I, I I agree. Reading the books, I was really disappointed with Agatha and Tedros. I think maybe they started off pretty well in the first book, but I still liked Sophie and Tedros better. And then as the books went on, it just, it didn't seem like a happy relationship. I agree. I didn't, like, I, I, I saw why Sophie and Tedros couldn't be together, kind of, as the books progressed. But I still think considering what a good connection Philip and Tedros had, I feel like that kind of indicates something. I know, I think... It was too boring to make Agatha and Tedros together. They should have, like, you know, added a certain, like, unique factor to it and made, like, the prince of, well, Tedros and then Sophie, who's, like, I don't know, she ends up being the dean for evil. So it would have been really interesting to see them together. I agree. And in the third book, I think they kind of explore that, where he and Agatha are trapped in a house together or something, right? in the third book where I think the second book ends off with Tedros and Agatha leaving Sophie and then like going to live with her mom and the third book starts with them just like hating living with each other and I was like yeah this sounds pretty accurate to me yeah and then the fourth book they're still like it they're in the castle and Tedros is trying to 
like pull Excalibur from the stone, and he's always like getting up, working out, doing his rituals, <laughs> and then he just is very closed off to Agatha, and then she's just there, and it's really like I was worried for them as a kid because I didn't think they were suited for each other. Same, and even in the fifth and sixth books, I feel like they didn't. Their conversations and stuff were not that stimulating for me, and I. I didn't see what they would have in common to talk about once they finished defeating whatever evil was going on at that time. Yes, I really do think uh, Sophie and Tedris would have been a better couple. And that's why I was really excited when they kind of got together for the first book. Mm, same. How did you feel about Sophie and that evil person? Hortz? No, the other one. Like, There's another one? He comes in during the fifth book, I believe. Oh, R- Ryan? Rian? Ryan, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait. Ryan or Rian or however you say his name. Yes. Wait, is, are you sure? I'm, I'm sure it was like Ryan. Or mm, I remember that as well. Like a Rye something. But yeah, he was undercover, right? So. Oh yeah, he pretended to be Sophie's Prince Charming and Tedros' new, new best friend, right? And then yeah. he betrays them. I had so much trust in him in the beginning as a kid. I was like, wow, this is so great. If Sophie can't have Tedros, he's the next best thing. And I was so sad when I found out that he was evil. Um, I actually have a confession. I was reading the books and I was so excited. And it was like really late. And I was like, I need to know what happened. So I skipped <gasps> to the last page of the book. And then I see his betrayal. So I just, I go through the whole book knowing what he's going to do. I do that too. I do that with almost every book I read. When I get bored halfway, I'll just read the end and then read anticipating for that moment. That was the last time I did it because I was so disappointed I spoiled it for myself. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, but I really liked him first with Sophie and I thought she deserved somebody good. Me too. There's this one scene where he and Sophie and then Tedros and Agatha go to eat at some sort of restaurant and I was, and I thought it was a really nice scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, Sophie doesn't end up with anyone. Well, she does, but I don't like who she ends up with. I think it doesn't make sense. Hort? Yes, Hort. It was really random to me. Because they just like, oh, I don't have Tedros, so I'm going to go for Hort. <laughs> I feel like it did make sense up to a certain book. Because I feel like after, the, like I remember in one of the later books, he ends up dating someone and they break up. And then he and Sophie don't really interact anymore after that. So I feel like if they had continued some more interactions, I could it could have made sense. Like I feel like there was good potential. And then the ending wouldn't have been so random. It would have made more sense. I agree. I think after he broke up with her, it kinda of would have made sense if they got more closer, but they were just so distanced that I couldn't really root for them. And I, I remember thinking it was so random about the second book that she's like, Wow, Hort, I finally see you for who you are because they hadn't interacted for like many chapters before that wait in the second book sorry in the the last book like the sixth book yeah i know it just it was really random to make that happen in the last book were there any secondary characters that you liked oh i really liked hester and anadol and i really liked like the relationship it was very natural and I, i remember it was the fourth fifth book where they kind of got together and i was very happy for them 
Same. I thought they were so interesting, but I disapprove of their bullying of Dot. I know. I felt very bad for Dot, like, throughout the whole series. Me too. All she did was just make chocolate and want the best for everyone, and she got shamed so much for it. Yes, and they were always shaming her for, like, being fat. Yeah. But then when she got skinny, they were like, oh, you're one of them now. Like, you're a princess now. (laughs) I remember that. It was, like, during the second book, right? I think so, when the the new headmaster has all the girls acting a certain way. I really feel bad for Dot. Me too. I forgot how her story ended. Me too. I hope she she was happy. Me too. What did you think of Tedros as a character? Because I, as a kid, I I liked... I was like, yeah, he's, like, he's fine. But now I'm like, oh, I wish he kind of had more of a, a personality. You know, he was very interesting, but I wish... I think in the later books, he became a lot more interesting as a personality. But in the first book, when it's based primarily in Sophie and Agatha's viewpoints, he's not that interesting of a character. But I like that it got expanded later on. I agree. I think the first book, I was okay with him. And then the second book, because he and Philip, which is like Sophie's fake character, they had kind of a relationship. I like that. I really liked his character. Me too. That one scene where they're in the forest and and Philip um, Tetris is like, oh, you almost look like a girl in this light because she's, like, transforming. I thought that was super interesting and telling of his character. Yes, and the time he said, I wish you were a girl. I was <laughs> I was very, like, angry that they didn't end up together. Yes, when I was little, I used to imagine a scenario where she never revealed her true identity and they just remained, they just became even closer. I also imagined that because I was so... I was really rooting for them. <laughs> Me too. And I don't even think he and Agatha have that good of a reunion because they just start yelling at each other right after about Sophie and stuff. <sighs> I know. And I don't like how Ted was always like constantly against Sophie after. I really feel like he needs to accept her and her evilness. <laughs> I think he had some reason to because I remember there was a scene, I don't remember, it was in the later books, where... Sophie, he's kind of, like, pretending to give Sophie a chance so she takes off a ring or something. Then he's like, Sophie, give me, tell me why you want to marry me. And she said, or, like, why you want to to be my queen or something. And she says, you know, I've dreamed of this for so long. Being your queen, like, being a queen is what I've always wanted. And I know I'll do a good job and support you. And then he, like, it's very dramatically written. He, it's like, oh, he looks up and he says darkly, you said all these things about being queen. But you never said you wanted to do it because you love me. And then he walks away. I was like, wow, that was, that was, I, that was so good. Like, I remember that. You. That, like, bringed up a memory, brought up a memory for me. Because I remember when I saw that, I was, like, angry at Sophie. <laughs> you were angry at Sophie? I was angry, too. Yes, because I just wanted her to, like, reveal her feelings. But she didn't have any, apparently. Same. I was like, why didn't you say you loved him? <laughs> I don't know. If it's just the way the book was written, and they wanted to make sure that nobody wanted Sophie to end up with Tedros, and they did that by st- like closing off her feelings for him, but I wish they just like brought it in that she actually did care for him. I think that because we read these books when we were younger, maybe if we read them now, it'll be like we will understand the choice better. Maybe. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I really did like Sophie as a character, though. Me too. She was so fun, and I feel like Agatha was nice, but at some points, I think Sophie was just so interesting and unique that it was a lot more fun to listen to her than Agatha. 
at times. I know. I think Sophie's story was much more interesting. And, like, as a reader, going through her experiences, it was just much better. And I think we both found Agatha really condescending at times, right? <laughs> we did. I I think in the early books, it wasn't so much. But in the later books, at least that for me, that was what I remember thinking. Yeah, I, I remember that as well. But I did feel bad for Agatha about how Sophie, like, the only reason for their initial relationship was because Sophie wanted to, like, be a good person and befriend her. I think it's so funny to talk to people who have only read the first book and who were like, oh, are Agatha and Sophie going to get together because they kiss at the end, right? And then if you read the third book, I think it reveals that they, um, that they are siblings. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's very interesting to hear people say that and then be like oh just you wait until the third book I know did you want them to get together in the first book um well I mean cause they kissed at the end I was like ooh are we gonna go somewhere with this but then in the second book they didn't really go that way at all so I didn't really think of that did you I think the kiss at the end I like I remember I saw once upon a time at this time and I saw like the character of Ruby kissing, like, Dorothy. And I was like, this is what's going to happen to them. So I was rooting for them. And were you disappointed to learn that they were sisters? Um, I mean, like you said, the second book, it wasn't going in any romantic directions. So I wasn't really disappointed. But the first book did, like, you know, it was different. And especially because the movie came out, right? I wonder if they're make if they're gonna make more sequels to that because that one ended off with a kiss and then I saw so many people on TikTok saying, "Ooh, Sophie and Agatha," and I'm like, "Just you wait, just you wait." I saw those comments and there were like other replies and they were like, "Oh, not really." <laughs> How did you feel about the movie though? Um, it wasn't bad. I feel like it should have been a show rather than a movie because there's so much world building and so much character depth that I feel like could not be fully squished into just one movie. How about you? I really agree. They could have like went in a really good direction with this it is if they just took the time to include everything because they skipped so many events that happened in the book and then they just rushed Story's evilness, Sophie's evilness. I agree. And I feel like they made it seem like her anger just or like her evilness came from nowhere. And she was just a nice person this whole time. Yeah, they made her like really nice in the beginning. Like she was not like it it was confusing when she was just suddenly brought into the school for evil. But in the book it makes sense because you could see everything that led up to it. Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing that I didn't like about the movie was that in the books everyone knows about the school for good and evil. So the fact that Sophie is trying to do that, like, every, everyone knows. But then in the, and it's something, it's something different. Like, that was part of what made it unique, right? Everybody already knows about this world. But then in the movie, no one knows except this one bookkeeper and the mysterious experience of, like, one girl 20 years ago. I thought that, I wish they kept that original aspect because it was so interesting. Yeah, and people are always making fun of Sophie for, like, you know, reading her storybooks, right? So I, I lo- didn't like that they didn't include that. The actresses for Sophie and Agatha are so pretty, though. I just want to say. I agree. I really agree. And I loved all the costumes. Mm. Okay, I just want to say that I think the author is so great. Like, I love... I follow him on TikTok, and he's so involved with his fan base and with everything. And he always 
uses like TikTok trends with his books and stuff, and he's so funny, and I just love him. I think his name is Simon Chainani. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but I love Simon. I really agree. When I was little, I subscribed to the like Never Ever or like Ever After YouTube channel. I don't know what it was called, but it was for the book series. And then he was like doing all these like fan interactions, and then I was so excited. That's so sweet. He, I, the the edition of the School for Good and Evil that I borrowed from the library. It had an interview section at the end, and he even released like parts of the book that he ended up cutting out, like ad- additional parts. And I and I was like, wow, that's so nice of him. I love all of this. I know he's like truly one of the best authors. I think, especially for children's book series, like he was able to communicate all these complex emotions into the book. And it was, like, so much more deep than the usual books I was reading at that time. <laughs> I think especially, his the, even just the idea for each book is so creative. Like, I don't think I've seen something very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Especially as you move away from the first book. Yeah, I, I liked all the magical aspects of it. And then, wow, it just, I love the plot for each one. And I remember their finger glows. Like, I really liked including that how each one had like a different color to represent their personality yeah but in the book i mean in the movie they all have the same right oh yeah in the in the movie there's a scene that i thought was really funny i think if i was young because i don't think i'm the target audience for the movie in the first place so i i don't want to judge but, and i think if i was younger i would have found it more inspiring but there's a scene where sophie's coming in to get her finger pricked and they played the billy eilish song you can see me in a crown you should see me in a crown and i was like if I was 12, I would have found this super inspiring. So, like, honestly, good for them. <laughs> yes, I remember that scene playing, and I was also laughing. <laughs> it is all the scenes with Sophie's evilness, like, her evil era with the evil black outfits and all that. I was, like, laughing at those. I honestly feel like that's probably how it did play out, and we just we just thought it was so much more dramatic when we were younger. That makes sense. I feel like it would be a really interesting experience to read them all again. And then just look back on it. We honestly should do that if we have time. I agree. Because it's just such a good series. And then I forgot some of the like book plots. So I want to go over those again. Me too. Do you have all of the books or just, just some? Mine, my book or like the, the books I have, I have the first, second. No, not the second. First and third. And then I have four, five, and six. So some of them are hardcovers though. And then some are paperback. Oh, so you're only missing one. I am, but I don't like the order because of the paperback and the hardcovers. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And you're missing the one that you like the best. I am. And I'm also missing a cover for the fourth book. So it's just what? like, it, it's a hardcover. And the hardcover, the cover for it is gone. Oh, no. Well, while we're here, can I see the back of each book? And we can just kind of, kind of see. Oh, my gosh. What oh, fell? My headphones did. As I was retrieving the book. Um, okay. This is such a nice bookmark. I really like the art for all these two. And, like, Sylvie and Agatha, like, how they drew their characters. It's so well done and so, so beautiful. I agree. Wow. I think the first three books that were a trilogy, I think the plot was somewhat a bit more straightforward than the later books, but only because I think it would, the world building that the later books added on was not here yet. 
so I enjoyed it a lot. But then I think with the, the later books, I just had to re I had to reread scenes a lot because I kept getting confused, but like in a good way. Like I was always in awe of all these things being explored. I know exactly what you mean because sometimes when I didn't read all, like all the books in one single sitting, like it, they were really long, right? So after I took a pause between each reading, I had to go back because it was just getting really complex for me. I'm looking at the first few pages of the third book right now, and it was like when they went their separate ways. And it's like you explained before, Tedros and Agatha are like, you know, miserable together. My favorite part is that somewhere in between the where you're looking at, like a couple chapters in, there's a point where Tedros and Agatha are like, what are we doing? Let's go save our best friend, Sophie. And that was my favorite line from this entire book. Me too. <laughs> I was so excited. And they were finally going to get out of this miserableness and go to Sophie. Me too. And what I thought was that even if, you know, Sophie doesn't end up with Tedros, I'm hoping they can still all be a trio of friends. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't really do that later on. You, It's just Tedros tolerating Sophie's presence. But good enough. Good enough. I just got, like, I was in page 82 of the book. I was looking at it right now. And apparently Raffle, I'll call him Raffle. (laughs) Raffle's still here. And he and, like, Sophie are, like, plotting things together, I think. Wait, the third book? I thought he came in in the fifth book. Oh, my gosh, my bad. No, he's still here. Oh, sorry, Raffle. Raffle, not not Ryan. (laughs) Yes, not Ryan. Are we saying this wrong? I don't know. Is it, like, Raffle? I always called him Raffle, but I don't think that's correct. I don't know. I called him... I don't know. I think in my mind, I called him, like, Raffle. <laughs> but I don't think that's right. But he's, like, explaining to Sophie in this, like, in these pages, oh, we'll do it together. And she's like, how can we have, like, three people have a happy ending? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, how did you feel about Raffle, whatever his name is, with Sophie? I mean, Obviously, because he never, he always did it with a certain intention. I never liked it. And obviously, he he's evil. Like, not once are we meant to believe that he's a good person. Like, we always know that he's evil. So I never liked him. How about you? I don't know why, but I didn't like how they described him as having white hair. Because he was always, like, in my mind, I thought he was an old person. <laughs> Even though it said he was, like, I don't know. He looked the same as age as Sophie. Mm. And I didn't like how he was actually, like, mentally much older. Yeah, that's so freaky, especially because Sophie is, like, a teenager, right? I don't know, like, in her... Is she 16 or something? I don't know. know. I just yeah. assumed, but I don't know. Maybe maybe they're older, but they're probably... Because they were going to a school, they were probably teenagers, right? Yeah, because when they turn 16, they go. Mm. And then, I don't know, in the books, they get older. But still, he's, like, hundreds of years old. <sighs> There's also one funny scene that I remember, which is later when Rafal or Raffle or whatever and Sophie are planning some sort of like evil thing with the school then Sophie's like okay guys I want this food and I want this and this and then and then everyone's just looking at her like oh you don't want to do anything about the attack you just want to do like finger foods and then Rafal's like oh ha 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 very nice Sophie okay time for the attack or something and that made me laugh every single time I remember that so well (laughs) I loved Sophie. Me too. I would reread the scenes with just her because I I loved her so much. I agree. I really wish she, like, she had a better love interest. Like, Hort was an okay person, but they needed to build up his character. I barely knew anything about him. Mm. 
I agree. I feel like for me, it wasn't even like I liked Hort. I just wish that they, they. I think if they had done what they did with him in an earlier book, it would have made more sense. But because there was like a gap where they didn't really interact in the books, and they just did that at the end, that was what I didn't like. But I did like that development. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I imagined Hort as like a little kid, but I always. Because his name rhymes with wart. I always thought his face was covered in warts. So I was like, no, Sophie doesn't deserve a person covered with warts. And I was very judgy against him this whole time. So when she got with him in the end, I was really annoyed, honestly. Just purely because I thought he was covered in warts. That's very, very funny. I don't know if... My mind was the only one that was, like, imagining him like this. Poor horse. He doesn't do anything. And he's... <laughs> no, but wasn't he described as, like, really ugly in the first book? <laughs> Minty he was. I don't remember. Oh, we can check right now. We can check. Oh, we should. When is he introduced? Like, early, right? Really early. Like, when they go to the school for evil. Yeah, and then Sophie's... I don't know. Like, she's dropped in. Okay, I think... She meets Hort when she's coming out of, like, the pool, right? But, like, seeing these pages, I was reminded of how nice Dot was to Sophie. Yes, even when Annadil and Hester were a bit meaner. <laughs> yes. I like the character dynamics, though. Like, with their roommates. Me too. It was very interesting to listen to. Mm-hmm. I think it was before this. There's this fun scene where Agatha is, like, with the fairies. That was a very stand-up scene to me when I was younger. Just because... Oh, okay, there's... Wait, that's Hester. Oh. Wait, I saw the word wart, and I was like, wait, does that have to do with heart? But then it said Hester. I thought so, too. I was like, maybe I wasn't, like, delusional for thinking he was covered in warts. Um, let's see. I mean, maybe he was. Yeah. I don't remember either. So there's still a chance. Oh, this is... Oh, Beatrix. How did you feel about, like, the school for good characters? Like, Professor Dovey. Oh, I mean, I like Professor Dovey, and I thought it was so sweet that she and Professor... I forgot her name, but the other one. Her name started with an, her name started with an L. Professor yeah. Larissa? Larissa Le- something. Lesso? Lesso. Lasso. Le- Professor Lesso. I thought that their relationship was very sweet. I agree. I, I liked Professor Lesso more, though, because Professor Dovey was a bit condescending, too. <laughs> Wait, this is too early, because oh, Sophie's is. dad is mentioned. Okay, I don't give up on this. Me, too. If only we had the PDF version. Wait, I think... Can I... Can I, I might have a PDF version. Oh, okay, that's good. Or maybe I can just Google, what does Hort look like? I don't know what he looks like in the movies, but he didn't have warts. I remember he had bangs, like the the Justin Bieber bangs. Oh. I remember. I was searching up how the characters looked like online when I was a kid because I wanted like these visual images. And Hort was not at all what I thought him he would look like. He looked really menacing. And I thought Hort was like just a sweet person. Appearance. Oh, apparently he looked like a weasel with a... Small head, spiky teeth, and beady eyes. <laughs> that is interesting. Oh my. 
It said in the second book he has whiskers on his chin. <laughs> but then in the the last ever after, it says that he has a muscular build and is now considered handsome by Sophie. I just remember. So that's when she starts noticing him. But then at the end of the book, he becomes back to his self before becoming muscular. And then that's when Sophie and him end up together. Oh. So it shows that she she saw beyond that. I like that. Yeah. It shows her character development. Yes. But they didn't interact really before that. So I wish they did that to kind of show that development. I also really liked how the book played with, like, you know, moral ambiguity and not being solely good and solely evil. Yeah, for for sure. And especially with Sophie's character, right? Yeah. I wish I explored that further rather than just painting her really, like... In an evil light. Me too. I will admit, in the later books, 4, 5, and 6, there are a lot of moments about Tetris and Agatha where I was like, we could replace a moment of this with Sophie's character development. I wouldn't mind. I agree. It's a nice thought, though, them being together. Wait, what was the fourth book about? Because that was the beginning of the the next saga, right? All I remember of the fourth book is Tetris and Agatha in the castle, and then she has to do all these, like, activities like princess activities because she's Tedros's wife oh yeah yeah and then they're really miserable because he's always just on his own trying to pull Excalibur and then she's on her own okay here on Goodreads it says oh okay Agatha and Tedros are trying to return Camelot to its former splendor and then Dean Sophie seeks to mold evil in her own image but then everything plunges into chaos. That's a very vague description. I agree. I'm going to see if I can find a summary. I have the fourth book. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that you have them with you. Um, I don't know where it is actually. Because I think I hid it away since it didn't have a cover. <gasps> oh wait, it's over here. That's very funny. The shameful book with no cover. It doesn't even have a summary though because its cover is gone. Oh, but this book, I really like this book because it introduced, like, um, Merlin a lot and Guinevere and Lancelot. Lancelot. I liked Lancelot. Me too. And this is where Rian Ryan is introduced. Oh, yes. This is the book where I skipped the end to see his betrayal. Okay, his name is spelled R-H-I-A-N. So how do you pronounce R-H-I-A-N? That R-H sound. Rion? Ryan? I thought it would be Ryan. I don't even know anymore. Another reason why I think the author is so, so, just so good, like, as an author and interacting with his fans, is that he wrote another, another, like, add-along piece to the to the series, and then he posted it on Wattpad, I think, for anyone to read. For free, and I was like, "Wow, that's so nice of him." At least I think it was for free. Yeah, that's really good. I think I need to check that out. It was about Tedros and Agatha, though, so I don't know if. <laughs> I wish he made some alternate version with Tedros and Sophie. <laughs> I want. I wanted the same thing when I was younger. I feel like there was a reason why they didn't get together, and maybe I just didn't pick up on it when I was younger. Like I feel like there's no way that. Philip and Tetris had such a connection, and that wasn't explained as to why Tetris and Sophie still were a bad couple. I think that was just me missing something. I think if it was Tetris and Philip rather than Tetris and Sophie together, it would have worked out. I agree. Because, I don't know, 
Sophia Phillip, she w- I really like that character. She was a lot better. She was a lot more, not better, but she was, I guess she had ulterior motives, kind of. But she still was, like, the scene where she gives him, like, the meat after he was starving, that was so nice of her. Yeah, and I think she was more nuanced as Philip. So it was, it was good to see that interaction. But then later on, I think the reason they just didn't put them together is because, like you said, Sophie didn't like him, really? Or was just for his, like, princely status? I, on the wiki, I looked up their, the Sophie and Tedros relationship so we could see their interaction. And I'm looking at the, the Philip part, Philip of Mount Honora, and it was, it was very, very sweet. Until... Tedros learns about Philip's true identity. Oh, so like they have a kiss with each other, Sophie and Tedros, and then Agatha is like mad, right? Because Tedros and Agatha were kind of a thing. Oh, that book was truly great. It was. It was so fun. And I. Oh my gosh! I just saw a Reddit page that says, "I am the." If I, am I the only one who hates Sophie? I I don't understand Sophie haters. I agree. I think that I guess I can kind of see why because she does do bad things, but like, can she's at least very entertaining at the very least, even if you don't like her character. I think it's better to like be you know kind of evil with good aspects rather than just good. Like we need to see that, and that's why I. Th- saw Tedros as more interesting in the second book when he was like acting really like vengeful. I agree. And I think when they start running things from his point of view in the later books as well, you do kind of he becomes more interesting as well. I did feel really bad about him for his story because I remember like he had a complicated relationship with his dad and then like his mother leaving him. Or I don't know, was there something about him her trying to kill him as a baby? She did? In the fourth book, I remember reading something about, like, along the lines of that. Oh, God. Maybe it, was, it turned out to be nothing, but... When I was younger, I didn't like how, um, basically, his when he meets his mother in Lancelot, I wanted Tedros to be even more, like, aggressive towards him, because I was mad at the mom for abandoning Tedros and just leaving him with his dad, and I was like... She doesn't deserve his forgiveness. I hope he never forgives her. And then later on, I began to like the character of the of Lancelot and the mom. I really liked Lancelot. I didn't like the mom as much. I found her very selfish. Honestly, same. Yes. It was very sweet how Lancelot basically became... Um, like a of, father figure? Yeah. Yeah. I really liked the relationship, Tedris and Lancelot. Me too. I remember in the later books... They introduced someone named Nicola, and she's, like, a fan. I think she knows about the School for Good and Evil or something like that. Yeah. She's read the books, and she gets inserted into the world. I forgot. Was she, like, in a specific school? Because it was in the fourth book where she was, like, inserted. But what was she there for? She was a reader, and she had some kind of purpose, right? According to the School for Good and Evil wiki, she was a first-year student at the School for Good. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, looking at the... Um, fourth book. And I remember this Lady of the Lake scene. I always found her so scary and mysterious. 
Me too. I was a bit scared through that scene because it gave me chills every time. Yes, like looking at this image right now, and it was like this kind of like betrayal or some like this revelation. And the Lady of Lake was saying that Chaddock has Arthur's blood or something. This is where I always got really confused. Like the part where they talk about the dad and then like, oh, she used the magic curse. The sons, Foxwood, like, all of that. I just got so confused every single time. I still don't get it to this day. I know. I think after, like, a second read, if I do it, it will be much more clear. I agree. So, I I feel like we said a lot about this book. We have. I think we clearly very much enjoyed this book series a lot. Yes. I'll always look to this book very fondly. And I really do hope that the author releases more stuff related to it because I know he did already as like a prequel or something. Yeah, he had like this guidebook for like villains and evers, like nevers and evers. I didn't know that. Was yeah. it good? I read it in the library, I think, and while well, I was procrastinating an assignment, <laughs> and then it was pretty good. That's good to hear. Yeah. I guess that's all for this this series. Mm-hmm. This was very fun to do. It was. That lasted a lot longer than I thought for the School for Good and Evil. I know, it's just because we both really like it so much. <laughs> I think it's a bit funny because I think we wanted to talk about something else, but then we got so consumed by this one that I realized we didn't even give the first one that much attention because we clearly loved this one the most. I agree, but I'm... I wouldn't have it any other way because I really like the series. Me too. It was it was a lot of fun to revisit it and go back to those those moments. For me, that was a couple years ago at least. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we should keep that in. <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs>